The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been two days since the FBI searched the home of former President Donald Trump, and the DOJ has offered few answers as to what really prompted the raid. Meanwhile, the legal offensive against the former president continues in New York State as well, as Trump refuses to answer any questions from New York Attorney General Leticia James in a civil matter, he pleaded the fifth. We'll take a look at the latest in the ongoing witch hunts against Donald Trump in tonight's On the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. Not feeling any better, folks, about the raid they did on Donald Trump. It's not like there's some explanation that's come out from the FBI or the DOJ that makes it seem like anything other than a political hit on the primary opponent of the failing, flailing Biden regime. So what do we know as of today? There are some additional details about the raid. For example, they did not allow a Trump attorney to stay on premises while they conducted the raid. They searched for many hours, including hours spent in Donald Trump's private office. They broke into a safe and reportedly found nothing of interest in the safe, but they did break into it without going to a judge in an additional uh, demand 
for uh, getting access into that safe. They went through Melania's wardrobe, apparently. Wonder what they think they're going to find there. And they also initially refused to present the uh, actual search warrant for inspection by the um, uh, inspection by Trump's lawyer who was present there. Now, Trump wasn't there, which is, which is interesting, uh, because they didn't need to do this at all then. They could have very easily uh, gone through the process that was already being used to get documents and get them to the National Archives. And here's what the New York Post, the Washington Post, by the way, are also saying about items that were confiscated from Mar-a-Lago. A letter from Kim Jong-un, a letter from Barack Obama, a cocktail napkin, and a birthday party dinner menu. Uh, I do not think these are matters of national security at all. Obviously, those are not. So what is likely here? That we are in a situation, a circumstance, whereby they are going to produce some smoking gun that changes everybody's mind about the situation, or that we see that this was, in fact, the grotesque abuse of power that many of us knew from the first moments we learned of this incident it would turn out to be. Here is House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy criticizing the raid in pretty strong terms. Watch. We now find that justice in America is not equal. It's determined upon whether you want to go after a political person or not. And you go after your political foes, I think that's wrong. It's unprecedented that you would go into a former president. Why wouldn't they just ask the president if they have something there that they want? He surely would have provided it to them. Why did they have to show up in the manner they did? Because this isn't the way they treated other people. This isn't the way they treated other people within their own party. Indeed, they seem to have a very different approach to anything involving Trump, obviously, than they did with, say, Hillary Clinton, or than they do to this day with Hunter Biden, who has a laptop full of obvious felonies that don't seem to warrant any real investigation, certainly not a raid by the FBI. And for those who were saying in the first 24 hours of this, including some pretty weak Republicans out there, oh, I'm sure it'll all make sense. Let's just wait to hear from the FBI. No, it's actually getting worse as time passes, because the more information we find out, the more preposterous the pretext for this raid on the former president and possible future president's home is. Here's Senator Mitch McConnell finally speaking out on the FBI raid. He says, Attorney General Garland and the Department of Justice should have already provided answers to the American people and must do so immediately. Let me tell you, they're not going to have any good answers, folks. They're not going to have any good answers because there's no possible good answers for this. And they are very likely to delay giving any answers if they feel the need to even address the American people on this at all, because they recognize that People are angry right now, and they should be. What was done to Donald Trump is entirely unacceptable, and especially for Democrats who have been lecturing us on the sanctity of our democracy and the need to protect our sacred institutions for years now in the Trump era. This was an enormous blow to the public's faith in the FBI and the DOJ. This is a moment where everybody can look at what's going on and say, hold on a second, I can't trust federal law enforcement when there are politics involved. Here's Representative Mike Turner of Ohio, by the way, 
um, who is on the House Intelligence Committee, explaining that there will be a full-on investigation of this when Republicans take power. Watch. Well, certainly this is going to be significant investigations by Congress into the actions of the FBI. Um, this is un un so unprecedented, so outside the realm of anything that anyone has seen in history, where a sitting president's uh, attorney general has approved raiding the home of the past president and possible future presidential candidate against the sitting president. Uh, this is something certainly that bears a high level of scrutiny because it certainly rises to the level of significant constitutional questions of the actions of the president, the actions of the attorney general, and the actions of the FBI director. There's also a fuller context here that needs to be understood uh, as we assess this. This is not the only investigation of Donald Trump that is currently going on. Certainly, it's not the only investigation historically either. There was the witch hunt Mueller probe that showed nothing other than the lies told by the Democrats started by the Hillary Clinton campaign to try a soft coup to remove Trump from office with the whole fabrication about Russia-Trump collusion. Uh, but right now, even, the attorney general for the state of New York, Letitia James, is in the midst of a civil investigation of the Trump organization. So Donald Trump was being deposed today in New York, having nothing to do with the raid by the FBI on his home in Florida a few days ago. He said uh, about this investigation in New York, I once asked, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Now I know the answer to that question. When your family, your company, and all the people in your orbit have become the targets of an unfounded, politically motivated witch hunt supported by lawyers, prosecutors, and the fake news media, you have no choice. Yeah. And that is what's going on here, folks. There is a witch hunt underway. He also put this out on Truth Social. At the very plush, beautiful, and expensive Attorney General's office, nice working conditions as people are being murdered all over New York, and she spends her time and effort on trying to get Trump. You know, this is, this is worth noting here, folks. These libs are given a lot of power in the law enforcement realm in cities like New York or New York State, in the case of the AG, to make our lives safer, uh, to promote public safety first and foremost. But if it comes between public safety and politics, we know what every Democrat in power will choose every time, and it's appalling. And I hope every American remembers that as they go into the voting booth in this midterm election. We'll have more on this with CEO of American Majority, our friend Ned Ryan, coming up. First, I want to introduce you to one of my new favorite companies, Sweatblock. Sweatblock's wipes are a total game changer. I mean, do you sweat a lot like an embarrassing sweat through your shirt amount? Maybe you sweat a lot when it's hot outside like it's been everywhere these days, or maybe when you're nervous or whatever reason. Well, Sweatblock's products are doctor-created and doctor-recommended to stop excessive sweating. They even have a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. And the Sweatblock wipes are practical, too. One use works for up to seven days. This is a must-have product for your toiletry bag. They've been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by actual firefighters and have been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Try it risk-free today. Wear what you want to wear and stop worrying about sweating through your shirt. If you order through their website, you can get 20% off when you use my promo code. Go to sweatblock.com and use promo code BUCK for 20% off. Sweat less, live more, and Ned Ryan stops by in a moment. Republican lawmakers are promising to fight back after Monday's FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is calling on his colleagues to be vocal in their condemnation of the unprecedented move. 
In a Facebook post, McCarthy wrote, if you are an elected Republican and you're staying quiet while Democrats in Washington are abusing their power, you are the very reason they think they can get away with it. Now is the time to speak up and be loud. Of course, everyone's talking a big game, but it remains to be seen whether they'll actually do anything about it. Joining me now, CEO of American Majority, Ned Ryan, man who knows what's up. Ned, what time is it for the GOP? Because it feels like it's go time here. Yeah, this is absolutely go time. And, and it's, it's nice to see McCarthy actually say something, unlike Mitch McConnell and the rest of the Senate leadership, uh, who finally said something late in the day, but I think they were shamed into saying something. Uh, it's good to actually say something, but Buck, if and when, and I think it's going to be when, and obviously pretty definitively, Republicans take the House back, and I hope the Senate as well, you actually have to do something meaningful, right? Uh, strongly worded letters, strongly worded tweets, they don't cut it anymore. And the only way that I know they'll be serious is if someone, when we're in the majority, proposes we are going to actually go defund the FBI. We're going to reimagine the DOJ. We're going to actually have real oversight uh, in which we demand real accountability and transparency. But until people actually start about defunding these institutions, and quite frankly, Buck, I am now of the opinion because nobody actually had any consequences for pushing the Russian collusion conspiracy theory because nobody went to jail. I think they feel empowered. We have to actually start talking about people need to actually serve jail time if they're going to abuse power like this. And until we get to that point, I think you're going to see more of this. In terms of the GOP response so far, do you think it is moving in the right direction? Because certainly in the first few hours, I saw some uh, very prominent GOP figures with the let's wait, let's see. But in the last 24 hours, there's been a lot more, okay, this is actually some Praetorian Guard nonsense going on here. Yeah, no, finally. I mean, that's one, that's one of the exact terms I used Monday night in response to this raid. The, the, the DOJ and the FBI are the Praetorian Guard of the administrative state. And we need to disabuse ourselves of the notion that somehow they care about the rule of law. And it, it, it's good that we're starting to see more pushback from Republicans. But, you know, when I see Tim Scott go on CBS morning show and say, oh, we're just going to have to sit and wait. Are you kidding me? We now have pretty much six years of empirical evidence in which these institutions actually used a fake dossier to secure four FISA warrants to spy on the sitting president of the United States. And you're telling me we should sit and wait? At what point do these people need to wake up? Are they going to wake up and understand you're not dealing with, with a DOJ or an FBI that's interested in rule of law, equal application of the law. They're interested in actually weaponizing against political opposition. And they really do view themselves as this Praetorian Guard of the administrative state. Until our, the, the thinking of Republican D.C. gets to that point, I think you're going to see more mealy mouth responses by the Tim Scott and, and, and Senate leadership. And it, it, I, I actually found it wildly repulsive, Buck, that a former Republican president had his home raided by the FBI. And some of them couldn't even bother to actually say something publicly about it for most of yesterday. Repulsive. And I, I, quite frankly, I've, I've had enough of these people. I, I truly think not only are they gutless, I'm starting to view them, quite frankly, as the enemy. What, what is youth at this point? The goal of the raid, based on what we know now, was it just pure intimidation, pure brute force politics uh, and weaponization of the DOJ? 
by the apparatus and the Biden regime? Or do you think they really thought they were going to get something, but maybe they ended up being surprised by not getting the smoking gun evidence that, well, what's your take on it, just generally? My, my general take is, of course, it's political intimidation. Uh, I do think they're looking, and, and I've said this publicly, and I, I will restate it. I think Merrick Garland and the DOJ would love to be able to bring even the thinnest of pretense of evidence in front of a rigged D.C. jury that would somehow get Donald Trump indicted. And I, I, I think they're dumb enough buck to maybe pursue that and see if they can't get something to happen before the midterms for their outrageous and absolutely insane October surprise that I think would backfire on them spectacularly. But the other point that I keep on seeing people, they're looking for classified documents. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The president of the United States, with, with literally a verbal, with, with a few words, can declassify whatever he wants to. There was no classified information at Mar-a-Lago because Trump can declassify whatever he wants to. So then the National Archives dispute here, this has been fascinating. They got 15 boxes of documents just by going through the process, the back and forth of, hey, we think you should send these. Okay, let's have the lawyers talk, right? I mean, who, who really cares? So then what was the need for the urgency here? I mean, on, on what basis did they have to send 30 FBI agents in to go grab some documents for the National Archives? I mean, really? That's what we're doing here? It's not like the CIA says our most sensitive technology has been exposed at Mar-a-Lago. It's the archives, folks. Yeah, no, I, 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 whatever the thinking and rationale was behind this, I think it's, it's already starting to backfire on them spectacularly. I don't think it's going to stop them. I mean, they are intent on, on disqualifying however they can Donald Trump from running in 2024. But I, I have to tell you, before Paul Sperry, who's an uh, investigative reporter for Real Clear Politics, was suspended from Twitter, uh, he mentioned that some, some of the FBI agents were actually from the D.C. office and potentially looking for any information regarding Spygate. So I, I suspect there's a lot more to the story than we know. Uh, but yeah, you don't send 30 FBI agents into Mar-a-Lago because you figure this is some routine raid on the average citizen's house. Um, you know, I, 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 I have to tell you, the whole thing is absolutely uh, astounding. Uh, you know, everybody keeps on saying unprecedented. I think we're kind of reaching a stage in the republic where unless these institutions, I think, are dismantled. I am I, arguing now, and I have been for some time, FBI absolutely has to be dismantled and done away with. The DOJ should be reimagined. Unless we bring them to heel, I, I think you can actually say with great confidence we're in the last days of the republic if they continue down this path unchecked. You think that they really are willing to go the full length here of arresting and processing and prosecuting Donald Trump? I think they are absolutely Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing, Buck, in which people are so deranged by their hatred of him. I think they feel that they can do whatever they have to and feel justified in doing it, including going to some what would be pretty extreme measures. Yeah, no, I, I think they're absolutely deranged. And I think they are in pursuit. They, they, listen, they view Donald Trump as an existential threat. I think he could have done a lot more in dismantling the administrative state uh, in his first term. Obviously, he's been making a lot of sound about the Schedule F and, and being able to put some of these you know, federal employees at at will, fire 50,000 of them, 
I mean, he's making some noise about how he will aggressively dismantle the administrative state. I think they view him as an existential threat. If you view the administrative state as, you know, the, the vehicle of progress and you view him as a threat, I don't think there's any measure they wouldn't go to to try and stop him, quite frankly. And for, for that matter, it's not just Donald Trump. If, it, if it's Ron DeSantis, they'll try and do the same thing to him. They'll do anything to any Republican who they view as a threat. Ned, appreciate you being with us. Thanks, Buck. Democrats are taking a victory lap over today's inflation report, even though it showed prices are still at record highs. We'll have more on that with author and columnist David Marcus coming up. But if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. I love these things. Built Bars are high protein, low carb, low calorie, low fat, and they taste amazing. When I first tried them, I was like, whoa, really? That low in calories, but that high in taste? They're phenomenal, plus gluten-free and keto-friendly. They've got a collagen protein that your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have incredible flavors like mint brownie, coconut, salted caramel, cookies and cream, churro, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, you name it, tons of flavors. Go get a variety box now. Try them. I just got another one delivered to me this week. They're delicious. New flavors coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Go to Built.com and use my promo code BUCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's Built.com. Promo code BUCK15. David Marcus joins us when we return. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. 0%. President Joe Biden declaring a victory this morning after the Department of Labor reported that inflation grew 0% this month. Sounds great, right? In reality, the Consumer Price Index, which measures prices on the stuff that we buy every day, is up 8.5% over the same month last year. According to the same report, we're paying 44% more for gas, 13.1% more for groceries, and that's the highest 12-month increase since 1979. So while Biden may be celebrating, the news isn't so great for the average American. Meanwhile, the supposed solution, the Inflation Reduction Act, promises you a rebate if you decide to buy an electric vehicle or put solar panels on your roof. My next guest, David Marcus, just wrote a piece about this for foxnews.com. He joins me now. David, what's your take on the inflation numbers, man? It's great, right? Backflips and happy thoughts. Look, I, I think this is about the best number that the administration could have hoped for. And obviously, nobody roots for inflation. So if, if, if this has peaked now, um, that's good news for American consumers who have really suffered so much uh, under the Biden administration. But, you know, as you point out, there, there's so much more work to do. And it's clear that the Biden administration isn't interested in doing that, that work because they have this massive spending bill now that they're absurdly calling the Inflation Reduction Act, even though everyone from the CBO to Bernie Sanders acknowledges this does nothing uh, to help inflation. So that's that's where we are. Um, you know, it, it's maybe a sprinkle of good news, but as long as Biden continues down the path that he's on, things are not gonna get significantly better for the American people. You wrote this piece on the Inflation Reduction Act up at Fox. And this is uh, a pull quote from it. For the average American, an electric vehicle is a luxury item. Even with Uncle Sam kicking in $7,500 if all requirements are met, it's a reach these days. It's like giving everyone a $1,000 gift card to buy a Rolex. Great, but where do we get the other nine grand? Yeah, good point. 
Yeah, I, I mean that's it. You, you know, I, 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 I guess I'd like a thousand dollar gift card to buy a Rolex. I, I still can't buy it. Um, you know, that's where the vast majority of Americans are on this. The, the fact of the matter is that the people who are going to benefit from seven grand to buy an electric vehicle, not only are they disproportionately wealthy, right? Not only are they, they disproportionately sort of college educated and professional. Most of them are going to live in places like California, where there's 500,000 electric vehicles compared to like 120,000 in Texas and 62,000 in New York. And of course, the, the literally dirty little secret of all of this is that, you know, where do electric vehicles get their electricity from, Buck? They get it from the grid. Mm-hmm. And where does the grid get its power from? Fossil fuels. So, so, so what are we doing here? I mean, I mean, what is this little dance and why are we subsidizing the lifestyles of the rich and famous? It's a very good question. And why are we calling in and well, calling a bill that does a whole bunch of things, which mostly I think are going to be really counterproductive and bad, calling it an inflation act, though, when it doesn't do anything about inflation, um, that just it just feels so fundamentally dishonest. The same way Joe Biden's saying inflation zero percent for this month. Yes, it's a zero percent increase over last month. Or, but we all know that inflation is not zero. <laughs> No, it's like the guy who goes to Atlantic City and, you know, loses $3,000, you know, on Sunday uh, and then shows up on Monday and wins it all back and says, hey, I'm up three grand. Like, No, you're not. You know, you're even here. Like, these are all word games and lies. We've seen it with the term recession. We've seen seen it with the word woman, right? I mean, these people just make words up and say whatever they want. Switching gears here, there's a Monmouth poll that shows the January 6th committee has not changed public opinion at all. So they're saying by the, as of the end of July, less people believe January 6th was a riot. More people thought it was a legitimate protest. Less people believe Trump was directly responsible. So even, look, I mean, obviously I've been saying for a long time, anyone who calls it an insurrection is lying to you. It's so obviously not an insurrection. This is crazy. Uh, the, the notion these people are going to overthrow the federal government would be like you or me just walking up to the FBI headquarters saying, I'm going to overthrow the federal government. I mean, no, you're not. Um, but it feels like the January 6th committee at this stage didn't even succeed in what the Democrats were hoping to use it for, unless maybe it's just a preamble to criminal charges against Trump. What do you think? No, look, I, I think that that all of these hearings, you know, to borrow from from Shakespeare, it's a tale told by an idiot, it, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Nothing has happened, right? The, the, the public, as you put it, has not moved at all. Not only since before the hearings, but honestly, since like weeks after the riot happened. And I, you know, I, I do think that when you look at the way the media treated this. And the, the, the liberal media told us so many ridiculous things. First of all, like, what a great move hiring a TV producer. This is going to move the needle. Or Cassidy Hutchinson is so compelling, a young woman, you know, speaking truth to power. You know, or maybe my favorite. Can, can I say, I know he's not everyone's favorite, but Kevin McCarthy can take a victory lap here. Because how many people in the mainstream media told us, oh, my goodness, what an unforced error when he didn't put any Republicans on the committee because Pelosi for the first time in 200 years wanted to decide who the other party had on their committees. McCarthy did exactly the right thing and nothing has changed. Some people think it was a coup, that's ridiculous. Some people don't think it was a coup. That makes a lot more sense to me. The vast majority of Americans right now 
they just don't care. And it's really time to move past all of this. You think they will, though? I mean, you think that they've... Because it's not about ethics or what's right for them. It's about uh, what's going to help them going into the midterms. I I wonder if Democrats believe that even if 90% of America doesn't care about the January 6th hearings and all this stuff, which I think is probably a pretty good estimate, uh, that their base is so devoted to this narrative that they'll keep feeding it to them in some way even if the rest of the country is saying, what are you guys even talking about? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Democrats think that their one chance to save this thing in November is to paint um, Republicans as these crazy extremists. I think, you know, I think you even see that at work with regard to Eric Adams and the the, migra- the, the illegal immigrants that got sent up to New York, right, by, by, by Governor Abbott. The smart political play there for, for Bowser in D.C. and Adams in New York is just take them, just, just be quiet about it. Instead, they fell right into Greg Abbott's hands by saying, oh, my goodness, there's 100 illegal immigrants in, in a city of 9 million people. We need help from the federal government. It's, it's it's political malpractice, but they just can't resist. Any chance to paint Republicans as inhumane, they're going to take, even if it means they're stepping on a political banana peel. And I think they're doing that all over the map right now. David, appreciate your time, sir. As always, good to see you. Thanks for having me. China made a big announcement regarding the future of its relationship with the island of Taiwan. We'll have that story with author Gordon Chang coming up. First, I want to give a warning to homeowners. You could already be the victim of home title theft and not have a clue. Some cyber thief may have already forged his name on the title to your home. Here's how you'd find out. My partners at Home Title Lock have a special free offer for my listeners. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, then simply enter your address for your free, no-obligation home title scan. This is how you discover if a cyber thief is already camping on your home's title. Look, the title to your home is the only document that proves you own it. And once he forges your title, he can take out loans on your home or forge your name stating he's the new owner. First things first, let's make sure your home's title is securely in your name. You can do that now by going to HomeTitleLock.com and use my promo code RADIO. Then enter your address for your free, no obligation home title scan. That's $100 value free. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com, code radio, HomeTitleLock.com, code radio. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. With China continuing to saber rattle over Taiwan, the whole world is on standby wondering about President Xi Jinping's next move. We know China's ultimate goal is to have Taiwan as part of China, but how will it achieve that plan and how soon? Joining me now is the author of the U.S.-China tech war, Gordon Chang. You can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. A great U.S.-China tech war, by the way. Gordon, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, Buck. So the visit by Pelosi happened, and there was a lot of media focus on it before and during. Then afterwards, well, what happened? Well, China continued exercises in um, six and then seven live fire exclusion zones. They fired missiles over Taiwan. Five of them actually landed in Japan's exclusive economic zone, which is the band of water between 12 and 200 nautical miles from shore. It's international water, but it's considered to be extremely provocative. Um, China has been issuing a white paper today. That white paper is different from um, other white papers that's issued on Taiwan. It's eliminated a lot of the conciliatory language 
including a promise not to send the military or administrators to Taiwan if there is unification. So uh, people in Taiwan understand now the very provocative nature of the Chinese regime as it's becoming more and more of an obvious bully. The Guardian is reporting that Beijing has announced an end to the military drills surrounding Taiwan, but said further training and war preparation would continue. Uh, so they seem to have escalated this, uh, Gordon, as you just laid out. But is the timeline of possible or even likely Chinese military direct action against Taiwan, do you think it was in any way affected by the Pelosi visit, or is that putting too much emphasis on what is already a news story that really very few people are focused on? I think it actually accelerated the timeline a little bit, Buck. And the reason was that uh, in the Chinese social media, there were a lot of nationalist sentiments that um, criticized Xi Jinping for allowing China to be humiliated. Now, um, we may not view it that way, but uh, there is this whole narrative of humiliation that the Communist Party has propagated over the years, and it's now starting to come back. Um, the Chinese right now, I think, are in a very difficult position because they're in the run-up to the 20th National Congress, which, if tradition holds, will be in October or November of this year. That's when Xi Jinping wants his unprecedented third term as General Secretary of the Communist Party. I think the regime right now is in distress, um, largely because of internal problems, and it's a very toxic brew. So we can't really put anything past the Chinese, even though I may not think that they're going to invade. Um, nonetheless, they could take us by surprise. General Jack Keane was on Fox, and he said that he believes we needed to strengthen Taiwan militarily to help them prepare for Chinese invasion. Watch this, Gordon. Quite frankly, we have got to strengthen Taiwan's hand mm -hmm. militarily and also economically. And there is a bill in the Senate right now, Mike, to do that very thing. Uh, and it has bipartisan support. But we're hearing that the administration is pushing back on it once again, not to provoke China. So what could we have? He mentioned that specific bill. What's under consideration? And if we really want to elevate the cost of a Chinese military action to take Taiwan, Gordon, what could we do? What should we do? Well, the first thing we need to do is preposition munitions and supplies on the island. Because these live fire exclusion zones bracketed the island um, on all sides. And actually, one of them was so close to the main island of Taiwan that it actually infringed on sovereign Taiwan airspace and water. So what they're saying is, look, they can cut off the island, which means we need to make sure that the island can sustain itself while we come to help. So that's the first thing. But the other thing is a very simple but a politically difficult step for Biden to take, although I think he should take it. Uh, and that is to get behind the Oval Office and to say, look, you know, we're defending Taiwan, China. Um, you may not like it, but you're going to have to get through us to get to the island. And I think that that would stop China because they do not want a major war. I don't think that they can afford it right now. According to the New York Times here, Gordon, within a few weeks, officials have said the U.S. Navy is planning to run ships through the Taiwan Strait, ignoring China's recent claim that it controls the entire waterway. Is this concerning to you just as a possible flashpoint, or is this the right move and China is going to back off of some of the statements here? This is absolutely what we have to do. I mean, if we've had any consistent foreign policy from the beginning of our republic, 
it has been the defense of the global commons. And the Taiwan Strait is international waterway. Um, everybody believes that except for Beijing. If we don't defend it, um, we have abandoned 300 years of, uh, of American foreign policy. So we can't do that. Um, and we have to just defend uh, what we believe. What's going on right now, Gordon? Because this obviously influences both the official Chinese government response and, and likely future actions with regard to Taiwan and a whole range of issues. The Chinese economy coming out of now year two, you know, two years into COVID, how is it looking? And, and in terms of internal political stability, what's going on in the Chinese mainland? The Chinese economy is in distress. Um, you've got the debt crisis, um, the property companies, uh, major ones are defaulting one right after the other. There's the mortgage boycotts that have spread throughout the country. Uh, suppliers to property companies are not paying their loans to the banks. And there are bank runs because the banks don't have enough cash. You know, if it weren't for robust export sales and some investments into the Chinese equity markets from Wall Street, uh, you know, the, the economy would collapse. Um, and right now, uh, the Chinese leadership knows that they cannot avoid fault for it. So I think that they would like a foreign crisis to divert blame from obvious policy mistakes. Chinese people right now are not very happy. You know, no matter what they think about Taiwan, they've got the COVID lockdowns, their property prices are falling. Um, they're just in no mood for uh, Communist Party misadventures abroad. But nonetheless, Beijing may think that's their only way out. How do you think the Biden administration has handled the Chinese foreign policy issue now going into the midterms? It's one disaster after another. Um, the Chinese started um, Biden's tenure basically believing that they could push the U.S. around. And Biden has done very little to disabuse them of that, especially with the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, the failure to stop Vladimir Putin in Ukraine. Um, we know from Chinese propaganda that they believe that the United States will bug out of the region if they invade Taiwan. Now, they very well may be bluffing. Uh, they very well may be, you know, not understand the situation. But that doesn't really matter. Um, they actually have a very dangerous bellicose mindset right now. And I think they're desperate because of the economy and some other factors. Gordon, appreciate you being with us. Thanks so much. Thank you, Buck. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is threatening to bust New Yorkers down to Texas to campaign against Governor Greg Abbott. We've got that story for you in Quick Hits. Stay with us. Dr. Fauci can't seem to understand why being forced to mask up would be a threat to freedom. And one university professor is forcing her students to wear masks because not doing so, he says, would be racist? Hmm. Let's dive into this, friend. Stories on quick hits. Let's get into it. Um, Fauci, how many times have I said one of the worst people in the country today in America, period? More, more damage to more uh, human beings in America, uh, more frustration, misery, destruction, and despair caused by Fauci's moronic pronouncements than anyone else I can think of in the entirety of the United States today. That's who this guy is. But here he is saying he thinks it's just inexplicable that anybody would have a problem with masking indoors. Watch. When you tell people they need to mask in an indoor congregate setting when you're in a, 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 a zone that has a high dynamic of infection, and that is looked upon by a lot of people, not everybody, as 
as an encroachment on your freedom. Um, we've never had that before. I mean, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost inexplicable. We've never had mandatory masking before, you utter moron. He is such a freaking idiot and such a vile piece of trash. It's unbelievable, folks. We've never had this before. Yeah, because no one ever masked before because it doesn't work. And you knew that, too, until all of a sudden it became what your little Democrat friends were desperate to believe. Unreal, this guy. Professor Jessica Pabon of the, or Pabon, uh, of the State University of New York at New Paltz is forcing students to wear masks, by the way, despite a campus mask optional policy. She writes, though university policy states we are mask optional, we cannot provide an equitable and just atmosphere for learning if we are not protecting one another by masking. Refusing to mask indoors is a manifestation of ableism and racism, an exercise of individual privilege that tells the most vulnerable that their health does not matter. I mean, mind-blowing. I mean, you just shouldn't, you, people shouldn't congregate together ever because what if somebody has no immune system? We're being, we are being reckless and mean and racist, apparently, if we ever gather together as human beings again because the person with no immune system could be there. And if you have a cold and then they die, it's so racist and so awful. This is what they believe. These people are completely crazy. Um, and unfortunately, the Democrat Party is run by them. So there's that. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, by the way, with one of the dumbest political uh, ideas I've ever heard in my life, because he's upset that Governor Greg Abbott of Texas is sending illegal migrants to New York in buses. Mayor Adams is saying maybe he will send buses full of New Yorkers to Texas to campaign against Governor Abbott. Watch this one. I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old-fashioned door knocking uh, because we, we have to, for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. I would love to see that, by the way. A bunch of lib activists show up in Texas. Yeah, we came all the way from New York to tell you to vote for Beto. Robert Francis O'Rourke goes by Beto because he's, you know, cool or whatever. Um, I don't think that's going to have the uh, intended effect. Uh, it'll have really no effect, actually. But the mayor of New York is not a brilliant strategist, and that is a very kind way of putting it. And there are these vegan activists who are pouring milk on the floor for store and protest. This is a thing now, apparently. Watch. The libs want you to drink oat slime and eat your bugs because the planet and animals. That's everything I told the line. The no spin news with Bill O'Reilly is next. Shields high. 
Who is there for heroes of the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's gold star, fallen first responder, smart home, and homeless veteran programs comprise their in-the-line-of-duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.